0: I am glad you made it you Wednesday night warriors you to the Wednesday night next level service because we're going to the next level and when we get there we're going to go to the next level and when we get there we're going to go to the next level pretty soon we'll be looking down at heaven no just (laughs) let's pray father thank you for the joy that's in this room Thank you for the people that get excited about the Word of God. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and a heart and and a mind to grasp and understand. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing which destroys yokes and removes the chains, breaks off of people's lives, and people get set free. People find out about you, and they can't give enough. They can't help enough. They can't serve enough. They can't love enough. We are those people, Lord. We want to be without hindrance in our life. We thank you that our gifts and talents won't lay dormant. But we'll be the using gift people. We'll be known as those who did their best. Some people may say, well, that ain't much what you're doing. But you you didn't know how we were before that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, it ain't about comparing ourselves. It's about just giving our best. Lord, that's what we want to give you tonight. We want to pay attention. We want to grasp. We want to take notes. We want to do the things that we need to do to to change and go to that next level tonight. And you are our desire. We can't wait till you come back and we can be with you. Be in that ultimate next level in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to cut some air conditioning on. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm not sure what to preach tonight. It's It's been two or three weeks since I prayed. I don't get to spend much time with the Lord. And, uh, you know, life just gets busy. I mean, I've had things going on and things to do, so I don't really know where to start. I hadn't even had time to think about a message, you know. So, uh, come here. Let's 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 do this. Y'all ever do this? All right, close your eyes. I'm just gonna circle the Bible around. You open it up. Just put your finger on something. Open it up. Okay. We're gonna preach out of First Chronicles tonight. All right. Y'all ready? First Chronicles. Because I didn't really know what we we're gonna do. <laughs> what we were supposed to do. But seemed good to me and the Holy Ghost to go to First Chronicles. Uh, I don't know what verse. So that's why I brought this. We'll just kind of spin this thing. It's got numbers on the side and whatever. You know, that'll be like the chapter. Okay, we'll see where we're going in First Chronicles. The first chapter. All right, First Chronicles 1. Uh, First Chronicles 1. What verse? I don't know. Uh, Let me let me use this newspaper. Anybody got a horoscope? Let's see if this thing's got a horoscope. We'll see what it says. Where we should. We'll see where we should go. Doesn't have a. I know. I went to a Chinese restaurant the other day and I had a fortune cookie. Maybe it'll tell us what verse to start. What's this say? I can't read that little. I cannot help you for I am just a cookie. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> I cannot help you for what? I'm just a cookie. I'm just a cookie. <laughs> I wish I had my magic eight ball. It would know what to do. You know, those things you shake it up and you turn it over. Y'all probably got one at home, right? And it tells you what to do in life, it answers all your questions. No. Look at your neighbor, if you got one, <laughs> and say, You better act right, Pastor. You act right. No, you got to put the S on it. You better act right, Pastor, because our current series is entitled Acts Right, because we're studying through the book of Acts, right? Tonight's message, I was just kidding with all of that before, is called Rolling the Dice. Oh, does it sound good? Well, last week we started this first chapter of Acts, and when we left off, the disciples were staring up into heaven. You remember? <laughs> so now we're going to go to Acts 12. Acts 1, 12. I'm sorry I made you turn to First Chronicles. I think it was her fault. <laughs> she was looking for First Chronicles for 25 minutes over there. It's right before Second Chronicles. I know that much. Okay. Acts 1, verse 12 is where we'll start tonight. It says, I still hear pages turning. It's a long way from Chronicles to Acts. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of about a half a mile, When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Then it goes on to say who all was there. It was all the disciples, you know, the apostles, the Lord Jesus Christ. It says it's about 120 people total. Then Peter, he jumps up and starts talking about the situation with Judas, the betrayer. He says, if you want to read it for yourself, it's kind of graphic. He says, you know, Judas, that he betrayed the Lord, and he went and hanged himself, and then when his body fell off the noose and hit the ground, his, his intestines spilled out, and it was all yucky and stuff. So if you, you like that kind of thing, go on and read about it. But we're going to skip on down to verse 21. So now, Peter says, we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So in other words, they're replacing Judas who died, who betrayed Jesus. They, they know that they, they need 12 apostles because Jesus had told them that they were going to judge, you know, 12 judges in heaven and so forth. In verse 23 it says, So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice. I think in one translation it says they called him Jesus. That would have been confusing to have another Jesus as one of the apostles. But anyway, and the other guy was named Matthias. When they all prayed, then they all prayed, and they said, O oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone on where he belongs." sound like there might be some animosity still between the the 11 remaining apostles and the betrayer judas he done gone on where he belongs so then they cast lots what does that mean as gary would say (laughs) they rolling dice (laughs) what what? the apostles what they they rolling dice And Matthias was selected to become apostle with the other eleven. Casting lots, they do this. They pick the next apostle of Jesus Christ by, I don't know, playing Yahtzee. (laughs) I didn't want to say that, but thank you for saying that. (laughs) I put Yahtzee in there instead. But is that really the way we're supposed to make important decisions? Just roll the dice. Is that, how, is that how Jesus did it when he chose the original 12? Did he stand up there all night throwing dice? Okay, it's not that guy throwing dice all night. No, he went up to the mountaintop, it says, and he prayed all night. So when he came down the mountain, he had heard from God. So he knew who the 12 were. Wasn't any guesswork left in it. He had heard from God. Rolling dice. Now they cast lots in the Old Testament, and God used that sometimes. I guess that's where they got it from, because there were times in the Old Testament that God allowed them to cast lots and because they didn't have the communication technology we have today. God couldn't speak to him like he can speak to us today. We don't need to cast lots, you know, even in the Old Testament, what was his name? Gideon, he threw out a fleece. And he tested God to see if he was hearing from God. And that was the kind, you know, they had to speak through, the prophets would hear from God. And then they would tell the people, and the average and ordinary people didn't hear from God. But see, all that's changed. That Old Testament way of communicating with God is a poor substitute now for this new method of communication. And the guidance we have and we enjoy from the Holy Spirit that's in us now. See, that's why Jesus told those knuckleheads, don't do nothing. Just go to Jerusalem and sit and wait until you be endued with power from on high. Don't get busy about making decisions without the power of the Holy Spirit because he's the one that's going to show you. Is it making sense to you? Now, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. That's probably a good possibility. (laughs) But I'm just seeing it this way. And if I'm wrong, maybe you said they, pr- they prayed. Peter said they prayed, you know, and maybe God told them to do it this way. I'm just going to give you another way to look at it, another scenario. Because the fivefold ministry, an apostle, no doubt, probably the, the highest ranking of the fivefold ministry, I guess, is, is that really something we should roll the dice on? One of the 12. I will say this, oddly enough, Matthias, who was, that they had chosen, is never mentioned again in Scripture. Not to say that Matthias was a bad guy, I mean, he had been with Jesus, he's a good guy. You know, it, it wasn't his fault if they did it wrong. He was there, and did what he was supposed to do. But my question tonight is, could Paul, formerly known as Saul of Tarsus, could Paul have been God's? Real choice to become the 12th apostle. I'm going to lay a scenario out before you. And you tell me what you think. 1 Corinthians 15. Just go over two books, I think. 1 Corinthians 15. You guys ready? Verse 8. This is Paul talking And he's talking about Jesus. He says, and last of all, Jesus was seen of me also as one one born out of due time. See, Paul wasn't there when Jesus, after he was resurrection, he was on the earth for 40 days after that, and he was seen of all those men. Paul says, I wasn't there for that. And so I was born out of due time. I wasn't there for that. For I am the least of apostles, not even meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. See, he did see Jesus. You remember on the road to Damascus, he got knocked off his horse by Jesus, by a bright white light. He saw Jesus in his glory. He said, Who art thou, Lord? You know? And Jesus said, I'm Jesus, whom thou thou persecutest. So he saw Jesus, but it just wasn't the same time as the other apostles. So he says... You know, maybe I wasn't there with the other apostles. Maybe I didn't travel with Jesus like they did. And maybe I didn't see them. I didn't see them in the flesh like they did. But I did see Jesus. And then in 1 Corinthians 1, the way he introduces himself in the book, he says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. He's called to be a what? Apostle. Apostle. Galatians 1.1, he says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So in the first scripture, I said, it's by the will of God, and it didn't come from a man. It wasn't nobody rolling dice that called him to be an apostle. See, a call to the five-fold ministry doesn't come from man. It doesn't come from yourself. You can't just say, well, I'm called, or this is what I want to do. It's nice if you want to do it. If you've got a heart to do it, maybe God will see that and will call you. But you can't call yourself. <clears throat> but it appears to me that Paul was sure that he had heard from God. So how do we hear from God? Signs. Horoscopes? No, no, no. no. He'll show you huh. signs like this. Signs? Okay, well. Signs like something little will happen, and it'll speak to you, and you'll just know that was him. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that's true as we, as we move on down this long list that I have. I've got a list of seven things. John 10, 27 says, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. That's where we want to get to, isn't it? We hear his voice, we know him, and we follow him. I have every assurance in my heart right now that anybody in this room within the sound of my voice wants to know him, hear his voice, and follow him. Or you wouldn't be here. I don't know why you would be here if you didn't. But there's, but there's so many voices speaking, Pastor. How do I, know, how do I hear the voice of God? I mean, it's just like yada, yada, yada. It's like, it's like a radio, eight radio stations playing in my mind at the same time. I'm hearing my voice. I'm hearing God's voice, hopefully. I'm hearing the devil's voice, the fiery darts that he throws at me. I'm hearing Oprah. I'm hearing Dr. Phil. You know, the radio's going, the TV's playing, and, and I'm just in the shower, Pastor. <laughs> that's, the thing, that's the kind of life we're living today. Thank you. I'm going to get you up here in a minute. You keep on. (laughs) Because you're preaching it, girl. (laughs) Before we go any further, let me just tell you this. Unless you learn to be quiet, you will never hear from God. Or else (laughs) you'll probably just be rolling the dice. You'll probably be one of those dice rollers to make up your decision. You won't be hearing much from God unless you turn off the noise. If you have to have a TV on to sleep, if you've got to have a radio on every time you drive from here to Walmart, if you've got to be swiping left and swiping right nonstop, if, if there's, there's noise everywhere you go and, and you can't get away from it and you don't want to get away from it probably, or you're just used to it, you're being entrapped in what the devil wants you to be entrapped in. Noise. And God says, Be still. Be still. If you've been riding anywhere with my mama, you're not going to hear from God. There is going to be no way. She called, she called me out, so I just called her back. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to learn to be quiet. Make some quiet time. It, you know, it says get away in your closet by yourself, you know, unless you got a TV in your closet, which we may today's society. I don't know. But go, you know what I like to do? Just sharing with how I like to hear from the Lord? I like to go walking like Brother Tom. I think it says walk with the Lord for a reason. Take your headset out, you know, and your, your neck thing off, and, and all your doodads, leave your phone at home and go walking with the Lord. That's how I, I like to hear from him, but there's other ways. Some people like to sit quietly in the dark. Some people like to sit in the light. But whatever, wherever you can get away from the hustle and the bustle of life so that you can hear the voice of the Lord, because he typically speaks in a still, small voice. He's not, he's not up there thinking, well, I'm just going to... Out shout the world. He's not in the competition. He's not going to overwhelm you, typically, unless it's done got bad. So there's no shortcuts to doing the will of God, to hearing his voice. I know you want me to come up with something, you know, like we started out, some new way, you know. Tell me about this new age book where we can hear God's voice, you know. If we play... Deaf Leopard albums backwards. We can hear the voice of God. <laughs> you know? We're we looking for gimmicks. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't right. <laughs> say, acts right. <laughs> okay, so you gotta be quiet. But here's the we're gonna start the seven things. The first thing, and this is gonna be amazing to y'all. This is a new heavy revy right here. This is a new revelation. It's called prayer listen at the gasp in here oh my goodness (laughs) colossians chapter 4 verse 2 in the amplified says be persistent and devoted to prayer be alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving be thankful that you get to spend time with God Almighty. If you had an audience with President Trump, wouldn't you be excited about it? Wouldn't you get dressed up? Wouldn't you? Couldn't wait. You'd be counting the days off the calendar, or looking at your watch, saying, I'm meeting with the president. But right here, right now, anytime, wherever you're at, you can meet with God Almighty. So be thankful about that. It says be persistent and devoted to prayer time. That means you're going to have to change some of your schedule around. You're going to have to upset your calendar a little bit. You're going to have to make time because it ain't going to just happen. If you're going to put God at the end of the list, then that, it's going to be too much list for the day. And just gonna, you ain't never going to get there. You've got to put God first. That's why the Lord taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. That's something you say in the morning, give us this day. That ain't something you say late at night because the day's gone. So you're going to have to make a decision to make time with God. Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Prayer is just simply communication between you and God. It says be alert and focused in your prayer life. Why would you be alert? Because if you're like me, if you're just sitting there and you start praying, <sighs> something about reading the Word and praying. Man, it's like a, it gets you sleepy sometimes. You've got to shake yourself. Be alert because you don't want to miss what he says back. We're talking about hearing the voice of God. So shake yourself. Prayer is the tried and true way to hear from God. It was so even back in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 33.3 3 says... God says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about, things to come. See, he, he's not trying to withhold information. He wants you to know stuff that other people don't know. But you got to ask him. Prayer is uh, simply communication. And communication requires two parties. It requires somebody talking and somebody listening. And you know, in a, in a prayer conversation with God, when if I'm talking with the president or if I'm talking with God or if I'm talking with somebody immensely smarter than me, which could be any one of you, it's not so much what I say, but it's what he says. If I will stop and listen, I, I can't gain anything by talking, doing all the talking. I won't learn anything. But if I do the listening, then I might get something. Prayer is not so much that God hears us, but that we hear God. Now he wants to hear from you too. Don't don't slack on that part. But many of us just think that prayer is just a laundry list of my needs. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, or, I, or we have our canned prayers that somebody taught us when we was a baby. You know. What, I'm trying to think of one. I don't remember when he. Now, lay me, now lay me down to sleep, as baby, or whatever, and. Uh, God is good, God is great, let us thank him for this plate or whatever we used to say before the food. Yeah, that too. And, um, but, but we have these things and we recite them to God and God's up there saying, is that what our relationship is reduced to? You're reading things off to me? Is that the relationship that you have with God? You're just saying canned stuff? He said, don't pray as the heathens do. They just say a bunch of repetitive stuff. They just say it over and over. Even the Our Father wasn't meant to be the way we pray. Oh, I'm going to go talk to God, and then I'm going to tell Him the Our Father. He knows the Our Father already. He's the one told us. He was giving us principles. He was saying, Our Father, acknowledge Him, which art in heaven. Give Him glory. There's things that you can do while you're praying. You can use the, the Lord's Prayer as a model, as, as like, what do you call it? Headlines. What do you call it? Uh, outline for how to pray if, you, if you're thinking about things you need to pray about. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, I need, these are my needs. You know, you've already given him glory. Now ask him for your needs, huh? He already knows your needs. That's right. Thank you for what you got. Well, you can do that too. He knows your needs before you pray for him, but he still says, ask, seek, knock. So he does want to hear from you. Just because God knows the future, just because he knows what you're going to say before you say it, don't mean he don't want you to say it. See, he's real. He's real with us, but we won't be real with him. We want to be religious That's good. There you go. We're going to get a bunch of microphones and give everybody one. You guys preach much better than I do. That's good. So it's not so much that that he hears us, because he does, but the important part for us is to hear him back. So that's one. Second, meditating on the Word of God. The Word of God, which could be Also called God's basic instructions before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E. It could be God's love letter to use. It's God's manual for life. It's instruction manual, how to put your life together. This is who you are. James says it's like a mirror. You look in there and you find out who God created you to be. Psalms 119, 105 says, The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It keeps you out of the ditches. It it illuminates your path before you, shows you where you're going, and shows you what not to do and what to do to keep you out of the ditches of life. God primarily speaks to his people through his word. Now, there's two types uh, of of understanding his word. There's the logos, which is the written word. It's like when I just read this and and I say, oh, yeah, that's good, that's wisdom. Okay, I'm building up knowledge in my understanding and so forth. I'm getting wisdom or whatever. But there's also the Rama word of God, which means when the words just leap off the page and speak to your heart individually. See, the, the logos, you can read, read, and get a lot of logos and a lot of knowledge, and it's it's that still that same love letter, and you're understanding God and everything. But when you are seeking God for something, or you're talking to him, or you just you just regularly read the word and it's part of who you are and you're to understand how important it is in your life, then that word will come up off the page sometimes and he'll speak to you and say, and you'll say, that's in the situation I'm living right now. And it'll speak to you and it'll grab you and pull you in. And you'll say, God's speaking to me. I've read that a hundred times, but this in my situation right now, God is speaking to me. This word is alive, it's quick, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide a soul, and, uh, asunder the soul and the spirit. So it will get down in the midst of your stuff, right in the middle of your troubles, and show you how to get out, part the way for you. I'm going to say something real hard. Are you ready? Tighten up your dentures. (laughs) Hold on to your your hairpiece. This is hard. And I'm going to make it harder by saying this is many Christians. And I'm going to make it even harder by saying it may be somebody in this room. I don't know. You know. Do y'all love me? I love y'all. If you're not reading the Bible, you don't want to hear from God. Because we got all these Christians today. Some of them don't even have a Bible anymore. The pastor keeps me fed. Well, look, the pastor ain't God. I'm trying to help you. If you're not reading your Bible, you just simply don't want to hear from God. You may not understand that's what it is, but that's what it is. So I don't understand the Bible. I've read it. I hear all that. But when it comes down to it, if you're not reading your Bible, you really don't want to hear from God. If somebody wrote you a letter and gave it to you and you cared about that person, you said you care about that person, but you don't open it up and read it, you don't care. You don't care. A.W. Tozer said, Most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already made up our minds we're not going to do what he says. We we just want to go to heaven one day. We'll see him when we get there. But while I'm on earth, I want to make my own decisions. Okay, first, prayer. Second, meditating on the Word of God. Third, Jesus told us to listen and follow his Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit. That's His Spirit. That's Jesus' very own Spirit. Part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. When He comes, He will guide you. He will guide you, if you let Him, into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you. So that's speaking, isn't it? Is the Holy Spirit within you speaking? Are you staying filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can hear him? Are you giving him, are you saying, have my life, Holy Spirit. Fill me. Show me. Teach me. Guide me. He will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives of me. So Jesus is going to be telling him things to tell us. You want to hear from Jesus? Listen to the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit within you. All that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus said. That's why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives of me. Well, It sounds like, that, it sounds like all that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus, and Jesus is trying to get some of that stuff to us. And he'll tell you about it if you'll listen. 1 John 2.27, if you're writing it down, says, but you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. If you were on a desert island, if you had a relationship with the Holy Spirit within you, even without a Bible, you could live your life according to God's plan with just the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true, and it's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. But how do I know it's God? You know, I'm listening to the voices. How do I know it's God? It's not the enemy. Well, that's a good question. Because it it can be tricky. And I'm going to be honest, uh, we see through a glass darkly now. We're we're spiritual beings, but we're not adept to spiritual things. We can't see into the spiritual realm like we want to. So we're learning to hear that still small voice on the inside. We're typically listening with these flappers. And we have to learn, we have to train ourselves to hear the voice of the Lord on the inside of us. But like I said, there's other voices coming. There's there's our own voice, there's the devil's voice. How do we know? Well, I was just wrote down a few things that might help you. I have witnessed in my life, and I've been, cons- I've been confused, and I have missed it, and I've thought it was God and found out it was the devil late- later. I told you about the time the devil lied to me and told me my brother was going to die, as an example. I thought that was God because he was doing things the way God had done them, but he was just he was uh, tricking me. The devil's voice, though, brought worry. It condemns you and makes you feel bad. It discourages you. It confuses you. It frightens you. Frightens you. And it hurries you. God is always oh the devil is always pushing you to do something now. Do it. You better do it now. You better do it now. And so there's. There's this unsettled feeling. It's just like you, you drank too much Coke or something, something, like a carbonated drink sitting on your stomach, you know, a bitterness, unsettled. It's like, it's like somebody scratching their fingers down a chalkboard on the inside of you. And you can feel it. And you'll learn to say, wait a minute, that sounds like what God may say, but that don't feel like God. Course, you'll begin be able to, to differentiate the voices too, but I'm sure you know the devil can make it sound like he wants to. Okay, now, what how does God's voice sound on the inside? Peace, yeah, I heard that. It calms, you know, you can, you can be going through it, you can be in tears on your last stand, you know, and the voice of God will speak to you on the inside and it'll immediately strengthen, comfort, and encourage. It'll steal you. It'll bring faith. He'll, he's an encourager. He's going to bring encouragement into your situation. How it feels on the inside is like, like a, a fleece blanket, like, like a, full of, a fleece blanket full of cuddly little kittens <laughs> surrounding your heart. Just cradling your heart gently. It just smooth. It makes you feel complete when you've hear, you're hearing the voice of God. It's a totally different feeling. And that's one of the ways that you can tell. And, and another way is if the word that you're hearing doesn't line up with the truth of the word of God, you know it's not God. God never contradicts himself. He's never going to tell you to get a divorce to go marry somebody because God hates divorce. People hear voices and they hear what they want to hear and then claim it's God and say all manner of stuff, but it wasn't God. And then they end up doing it and they say, well, I thought it was God. Well, you should have known by the word of God that it wasn't God. God never contradicts. The Father doesn't contradict the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't contradict the Father. And neither one of them contradict the Word. And Jesus is the Word. So they don't contradict each other. They are one. So they go hand in hand. So remember that. If there's a question in your mind, who's speaking to you? I'm getting something. I'm getting something. Does it line up with the Word of God? It would be the first place to check. If the pastor is sitting up here preaching something and it doesn't line, it doesn't, you get a grating feeling, and I don't know about that, check it in the Word. Be like the church of Berea. Paul said he liked that church because they would, they would fact check Paul after he preached. Make sure he was teaching the Word of God. <clears throat> the fourth thing, follow after peace. This may not be in, as important as the first three, but it's, it's another thing that you can do. to Follow after peace. Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. If you're ruling, then you're reigning. You're making the decisions, right? Well, the peace of God will direct you. Remember I said it's like, a fleece blanket of little furry kittens? Huh? Well, that's like peace, isn't it? It's like peace. Oh, wow. You know, the, the stress is, man, I feel relaxed, you know. Let that peace. If you don't have peace about a situation, don't do it. If you've got a question in your mind about something, you've been praying, but you had not got an answer yet, but somebody's rushing you, the devil's the one usually rushing rushing you to make a decision. Make it now. Make it now. I, I, I don't have peace about this. If you go ahead and say yes to that, I can almost guarantee you you're going to regret it. If you don't have peace, follow after peace. It's one of the ways God leads us. The fifth thing, realize circumstances. God sets up, like she said, circumstances in your life. It's one of the ways that you can hear from God. You can say, man, I see it all the time. I see it all, and I know you do too. I see it all the time. It's like, how did that happen? There is no way. You know, I can't tell you how many times I'll have somebody come up to, to read Scripture you know, for the offering or something, and it's the same message I'm going to preach off of. You know, and it's a Bible full of how many thousands of pages and words, and they go to the exact same Scripture that I'm preaching off of. That stuff just doesn't happen by accident, and that's just one way. But all kind, God is constantly working in your circumstances, and He has His own timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, He just does amazing things, and that's one of the ways that this, it makes Christianity so fun—to know He's living. To know he's relevant in your life today. He's not some far off God. If you really know him, he will be just tagging your life. Here I am. See, I'm, I'm with you. He's giving you confirmation left and right. And one of the things he does is he opens and shuts doors. And ask him too. I know Then there's houses I wanted and I had was saving up for and, and was selling my house and 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 right the day I had an offer on my house, I went to make an offer on this house I had been waiting a year on. And that day, oh we got another offer it's better than yours. We sold it to them. Closed door. God closed the door. I look back, man, I was heartbroken at the time. I wanted that house. It had acreage and stuff, and it was in the country, and I wanted to be in the country. But now if I was out in the country, I'd be taking care of acreage. I wouldn't be able to take care of you guys. I didn't know what was coming down the pike. God shut that door. And I thank him for shutting that door. Revelations 3, 7 says, what he opens, no man can close. And what he closes, no one can open. Every time i every time it seems like you asked Mary or Becky or something. Every time I ask about a property for the church, it'll, it, it never fails. They're closing on that today. I mean, I've seen properties. The other day, there was a property that's been on the market for years. And I started thinking about it. Didn't know if it was God or not. I called. I said, uh, how much y'all want for this property? Oh, it's closing today. Door closed. Boom. Right there. I I mean, these churches around here that are trying to sell, they are to hire me to ask about it. They would sell right off the bat. I'm offering my services to anybody who hears this tape tonight. Because God will close a door we're not supposed to go through. And that's one of the ways he leads you, and that's his grace. And you pray for that. Ask him for that. For that. The sixth way, receive godly counsel. Now, I know we say we're not supposed to, you know, we're supposed to hear from God or whatever, but sometimes God uses other people. God, he's used you to speak into people's lives, and he uses other people to speak into your life. And so not everybody that tries to speak into your life is out to get you or anything. First um, Thessalonians 5 excuse me verse 20 says do not scoff at prophecies but test everything that is said and hold on to what is good if somebody says something over your life you know i kind of worry about people to come up and say god told me to tell you because i hear from god myself i don't i'm not accustomed from him to going to a third party you know but sometimes I'm hard-headed or, or maybe God just wants to say something into my life or have somebody prophesy something good that, that, that registers on the inside of me that, yeah, thank you, God. You know, it fits, huh? Confirmation and maybe something God has already, that's the way he'll do a lot of time. Confirmation is something that's already uh, in your heart. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Without wise leadership, a nation falls, and there is safety in having many advisors. So sometimes you got a difficult decision to make, and uh, you just don't know where to what to do, and you hadn't heard from God. Uh, you go to wise counsel. You know, go to p- people that you know hear from God. Don't go to Uncle Joe. You know, when he's on his drinking binge or nothing. I know he talks about Revelations real strong. You know, but now go to go somebody that's living it, <laughs> and uh, and get get counsel from several people so you can get abundance of advisors and there's safety in numbers. <laughs> You're still laughing? <laughs> what is that? Oh. <laughs> I tell you, ain't a church in, in DeSoto County has as much fun as we do. So receive godly counsel if it's, if it's confirmation in your heart. Uh then the last thing I wrote is develop some patience. Because God is not, you know, I hear people say all the time, God is always speaking. It's almost like God is this voice box, blah, 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 and just always pumping out, and we can tune into it at a radio station, you know, and, and when we're listening, he's, we, we get to catch up what he's saying now, you know. But no, I don't think God is like that. I think sometimes he speaks to us when, we, when he knows we're listening. Would you be speaking to me all the time and I'm over here having a conversation? You're over there, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just hold on a second. <laughs> you know, God's not like that. He's not rude or whatever. He talks to you when you're listening and when he has something to say. You know, I've heard a lot of preaching that he's talking all the time. Well, he is in little ways, you know, the circumstances and the lining up. And, uh, and he's, he's always working in your situation, but I don't think he's just st- talking nonstop. He talks to you when you're ready to listen and when he has something to say. And sometimes there'll be dry spells and you won't have nothing. You won't be getting nothing from him. What was it I saw? Man, there was a quote I saw today that was really good. I wish I'd have wrote that one down. said something about the so-and-so doesn't talk while, oh, the teacher doesn't talk while the test is going on. Woo! Woo! The teacher doesn't talk while the test is going on, so you may be in the middle of a test. That's why God's not speaking to you. He's trying to see how you're going to do. That's pretty good, ain't it? Thank you, Lord, for helping me remember that. Develop patience. Psalms 130. Man, I cannot. I don't matter how short a sermon I write. Psalms 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say, more than they that watch for the morning. You know, I picture a watchman on the wall, a sentry, you know, been on the wall all night with binoculars. He's getting tired. He's waiting for the sun to come up because his shift will be over, you know, then he can go rest. And I picture, you know, how he's watching for that sun to come up. That's the way, the picture that we get. I wait on the Lord. I'm watching. I'm growing weary in my waiting, but I'm keeping my eyes on the horizon for the sun of righteousness to arise in my heart and tell me what what I need to know so that I can get some rest from this situation. You know, there's a reason why used car salesmen try to always rush you Huh? <laughs> Use car salesman is like, <laughs> you can have this car for $9.95 today, today only, but I got three people coming to look at it in 15 minutes. You better hurry up and make up your mind. Yeah. Isn't that the way they do? They're putting the pressure on you to make a decision that probably you don't want to make. Yeah. Develop patience. Listen, there's more than one car in this world. And you don't want to get an Ishmael. You want to get the right car. God is not going to rush you. Develop some patience. And I know I'm speaking to myself on all of these. I don't have much patience, but I'm working on it. Now, you know, none of us knew any of this stuff when we were baby Christians. In fact, when you were baby human beings, you didn't know anything. And you had to learn these kind of things. And God was uh, your parents were merciful to you back then, right? They did everything for you. So when you were a baby Christian, as I was, I remember I'd have a question. I didn't know how to hear from God, but I wanted to serve God. I was like, God, what do I do about this? And, and my, my brain was still, you know, tuned into the world. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to just flip through here, and if I see the first yes I see, that means yes. The first no I see means no, you know, or whatever scripture I, I point out, playing Bible roulette, Whatever scripture I point out, that's what God's saying to me. Okay, well, God can use that when you're a baby Christian. He, he often has used that, but then at some point he's going to let that fail on you to show you that's not the way to do it. You've got to go from being that immature little baby to grow into maturity and use these other methods to, to learn how to communicate. A baby said blah, 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 blah at first, but then they learn how to talk. They learn how to receive correction and instructions. God's plan is for us to mature, to learn to walk with him daily, to begin to recognize his voice and develop patience. And I'll say one other thing. Um, baby Christians are bad about any time they hear something from God or any time they hear something that they believe. Any time they hear anything, they think, oh, it's God telling me something. And they think everything is God. Everything is not God, remember. And if you do hear from God, that doesn't mean you have to go tell everybody you heard from God all the time. Especially worldly people, they'll think you're nuts. Okay? So really a lot of your internal conversations with God need to stay that way. You don't need to, be, like as a pastor, if we have a meeting with, with a, a team of, of people or something, and I go tell them, okay, God told me this, and this is what we're going to do. Well, nobody in that meeting is going to jump up and say, that doesn't sound right, because God told him. Who's going to go against God? But that's not what I want to do. I could be wrong. I told you this is not an exact science. We're seeing through a glass darkly. We can think we're hearing from God, but not be hearing from God. We can be deceived sometimes. So we don't need to tell everybody, everything I hear is from God. They'll think you're nuts. And and it'll be be hard to deal with somebody like that. Well, if they heard from God, then what can I tell them? Right? So have some humility as you learn, just like everybody else, to hear the voice of God. Just a little wisdom. You see, to walk with God, to walk out this life of God is the best part. You know, God, he put himself in a little box called the Ark of the Covenant, just so he could travel with his Israelite knuckleheads through the wilderness for 40 years and then over into the promised land, just to be with them because he couldn't be in them yet. But he sent Jesus and gave us the ability. To, now he can be in us. Is what he always wanted, you know. Je- Jesus could just snap his fingers and all of our problems could go away. Do you realize that? Everything, he could make you so blessed and he could make, give you total peace about everything, why doesn't he? Because he would rather walk it out with you. He would rather get in the fire with you and walk it out and and for you to begin to trust him, you to get to know him, not just to see him as some sugar daddy. He likes to watch us grow, just like you like to watch your children grow. He likes to see you make mistakes but get back up again. God wants us to learn to depend on him, develop faith, trust, get to know him. Now, you parents, you got to, the children, you're not, you just can't wait for little Johnny to put his big boy pants on and go to kindergarten, right? No, you're like, I don't want him to leave. And your women cry and stuff when they send them off on the first day of kindergarten, don't you? You wish they could stay little, some of you got Big Johnny just putting on his big boy pants and fixing to finally go to college. Same thing. You don't want them to leave the house. You love them. They're your children. And listen, according to God's infinite knowledge, uh, compared to God's infinite knowledge, we're all just little children. We'll never grow up in God's house compared to God. And so we always depend on Him. We're not gonna. Well, he don't want us. To, we'll never leave the house. He wants us to stay in the house. That's the good thing about the kingdom of God. We'll always be with daddy. That separation never has to take place. You know, my boy Josh, he, he don't talk much, but when he was a little boy, he would ask a million questions. I mean, daddy, why is this? What happens to this? Daddy, what's that, what that thing? What, what's that? What's the air made of, Daddy? Why can't I see my eyes, Daddy? Why does Aunt Gertrude have a mustache, Daddy? You know, just question after question after question. At at the time, at first, I thought it was annoying, you know. Oh, my goodness, the questions. But I don't know if it was Angie or if it was God. One of the two reminded me that what an awesome time it is to invest in a child's life when they're, when they're asking questions because he don't ask me that many questions today. He's got it all figured out. But, see, I begin to appreciate him asking me questions, and I begin to look at it as an opportunity to speak into his life, and that's the kind of relationship God wants to keep with us. Let's just keep asking him questions. Let's just keep growing. Let's just, keep, let's just stay with Daddy. Let's not get too big for our britches and lose and ruin the communication. Walking with God is learning to hear His and hearing his voice is probably the most important thing we could do, period. It's what we were created to do, to walk with God. That's what we were created for, to fellowship and to walk with God. Through the hard times, through the good times, through the boring times, it's a lot better than just throwing dice. It's a lot better than just guessing your way through life. To know he cares, know he'll answer you, if you'll spend time with him. To finish the question, so which one of the, was the 12th apostle? Was it Paul or Matthias? Which one do you think? How many thinks it was Paul? How many thinks it was Matthias? How many just ain't going to raise your hand no matter what I ask. (laughs) All right. What if it was both? I don't know. Maybe Matthias was the 12th apostle and Paul was the 13th. He might have been the 14th. I don't know. There were other apostles later on. I don't know. That was just a a supposition. I was just asking and and making you think a little bit. I don't know. I can't give you a definitive answer. I will call my psychic and get back with you Sunday. (laughs) No, I won't. No, I won't. I won't turn to the vomitable things of this world when I have God Almighty at my disposal. I won't turn to a black magic ball or a horoscope or a psychic or a Ouija board. Those things are of the devil. You'll get the wrong answer for sure. And you might get some stuff along with it that you didn't want. (laughs) look at your neighbor and say, you better act right. That's all I got right there. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word.